Hello, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series in which we interview KPMG leadership and subject matter experts, as well as third-party and client executives and thought leaders on key global business, socioeconomic, and geopolitical market trends and topics. My name is Stan Lapique, the lead market research and thought leadership effort for the KPMG Global Management Consulting Practice, and I'm your host for this podcast series. And I'm pleased to have back with us again here today, Mr. Anshul Varma. Anshul is the managing director in the U.S. firm. He's part of the shared services and outsourcing advisory practice, so he looks a lot at different types of service delivery models. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what he sees as the future of these service delivery models in general, but also as it relates to the impact these service delivery models will have from intelligent automation. So Anshul, thank you very much for joining us here today on Advice Worth Keeping. Anshul, obviously the webcast is fresh in all our minds some of what I recall as the more interesting points. Obviously, there's a lot around the utilization of intelligent automation, even though that was identified as a top challenge. So maybe if we could talk a little bit about how do organizations leverage intelligent automation and data and analytics as well. How do they turn that from a challenge into an opportunity? And then I think the other two items that we can touch on in the time is target operating models, overhauling, redesigning, not necessarily an exotic topic, but an important one. What's different today? How do organizations account for these technologies? How do they incorporate them? And then maybe if we could just touch a little bit on the whole talent side of things, since that's, I think, an important element of this. Where do you get the talent you need? What do you do with the talent you have? And that'll also be a good forward pointer to going into next year around hype versus reality with intelligent automation, hype versus reality relative to talent in the context of, are you really going to be able to retrain all these people and turn them into little data scientists, or is that just delusional? Starting then with your first question on the intelligent automation itself, my view is in the past few years, two or three things have started to happen, which I think are going to continue to accelerate as we look ahead into next year and beyond. One is, I think we saw a lot of experimentation with intelligent automation in the past two or three years. A lot of that happened in the back office, in shared services, in outsourcing arrangements. A lot of that experimentation was initially with simple technologies, the class one automation types of technologies. A lot of that happened in the form of point solutions. How do I solve for a specific problem? I think what we are starting to see in a more recent phases of the intelligent automation journey is starting to see some companies begin to scale that. Not everybody is doing it. And one of the reasons and we can talk about that is the operating model being configured appropriately to allow scale. But some are starting to scale those intelligent automation solutions. I think that's one. Two is starting to use these technologies in combination rather, rather than in isolation. A lot of what happened in the initial years of the intelligent automation movement was in thinking about these, as I said, in, in point solutions to solve specific problems. But I think we're starting to see that the multiplier effect of these technologies is significant. So if you start to combine these technologies together, they be simple robotic automation with some machine learning and some artificial intelligence, the impact that can have on the overall business process, business function across the enterprise is significant. 
The third thing that I feel is happening in that space is then as companies are looking forward, they are starting to think about applying intelligent automation and data analytics and blockchain across the end-to-end value spectrum. I'm talking to a client right now where we are talking about the procure-to-pay journey, if you will, across the enterprise and looking at that end-to-end procure-to-pay space to say, where does it make sense to use basic automation? Where does it make sense to use artificial intelligence or machine learning? Where does it make sense to use data analytics solutions across that end-to-end journey? So not thinking about how can I automate a payment transaction, but really looking at it end-to-end and using this portfolio of technologies and solutions that are now available to me and applying them appropriately across that end-to-end journey again to create that multiplier effect. That, I think, is starting to become very real and very significant, and a lot of companies are starting to look at these intelligent automation solutions as a suite, as a portfolio, rather than as point solutions. Where would you characterize that a lot of those organizations are at? Are we still in early stages? Are organizations getting more advanced at applying the combinations of the technology sets you described against the end-to-end process? I mean, how far along are we? And is this something where organizations are having pretty good success in doing this, or is it still more aspirational, maybe not being actually achieved yet? I think it's still experimental and starting to move in that direction, and I think some of it was driven by almost disappointing results of basic automation applied in the form of point solutions. I think there was a lot of hype two years ago about what basic RPA could do. That turned into disappointment for many companies, and they went back to the drawing board, and solution is still a good solution, but how do I combine it with broader capability and apply that in combination with other things? And therefore, now how do I look at my end-to-end processes? How do I streamline, standardize, and automate those processes? My view is it's starting to move in that direction or we seeing wholesale changes on that front, not quite yet, but companies are certainly starting to recognize the value of looking at these across the end-to-end spectrum rather than in isolated situations. Okay, so that's interesting. And so maybe going back to the hype versus reality, and we've heard a lot about a variety of different initiatives occurring, particularly in intelligent automation, many of which have been unintegrated pilots and unintegrated point efforts where there has been disappointment or lack of success with those efforts. And what it seems like you're saying that is organizations, as they go back to the drawing board, aren't just doing more of the same. They're looking at how do they integrate more than just some of the point technologies rather than just RPA, maybe RPA plus AI plus DNA plus blockchain, but then do it at an end-to-end process standpoint overcoming the early disappointments by really broadening the scope in multiple dimensions of what you're doing then. Is that accurate? I think that's an interesting way to say what phase two is. So phase two sounds a lot more complicated, but perhaps is what you need to do to be able to get some of the value you're looking for. And the only thing I would add to how you described it is that I think as they're going back to the drawing board, they're not just looking at the integration of the technology or applying them end-to-end but also looking at how do I fundamentally change my process, whether I'm simplifying them, standardizing them, changing policies. Going back to some of the basics around process excellence, process improvement, I don't want to deploy a portfolio of technologies to automate a process that is inherently a bad process. So I want to give the opportunity to also transform and change the process and make it better overall as I apply these technologies. So then maybe phase one was 
throwing new technologies at current or old ways of performing an activity and just hoping they improve them. But phase two is saying, first, let's look at how we're doing these activities, redesign as needed, overhaul as needed, and then apply the technology. Absolutely. Truly using these technologies to transform the process versus phase one was, I still think of it as experimentation with these technologies, just getting to see what, what these technologies could do. I think that would be a good segue then into the target operating model. So then perhaps what would be different today? Is it, is it first really redesigning your target operating model and then applying the technology versus just applying the technology against an old model? I think what's different is that you've got to look at all the elements of the operating model. Thinking again about the suite of technologies applied to your business processes, you've got to be looking across all elements of target operating model. You've got to be thinking about what do I need to fundamentally do differently with my data? How do I organize, curate, qualify that data better in order to use these technologies more effectively? Because again, bad data is going to lead to bad automation or bad data is going to lead to the poor quality of analytics. We have to be thinking about that data element of the operating model. We've got to be thinking about the process layer of the operating model. What do I need to streamline, change, modify, standardize in my processes before I apply these technologies to automate them? They have to be thinking about the technology layer. How do these technologies integrate with my broader technology suite, whether that's my ERP solutions or something else, because these technologies are not going to just work in isolation. They need to be able to talk to your broader IT infrastructure, your broader technology landscape. So how do I enable that? What changes do I need to make in order for that to happen? They've got to be thinking about the, the delivery model, honestly, as a, as a model layer. As I apply these technologies, as I apply these solutions, what is the best place to put those services? What is the best place to have my delivery centers? What do my delivery centers then need to look like? Do I need to bring them onshore? Do I leave them offshore? Do I need to do something in between? Do I need to do it myself? Can I include my service providers and partners? Rethinking as I'm applying these technologies to these business processes, what does that mean for the delivery model? Similarly, from a governance standpoint, who owns it? If I'm putting these solutions in place, what is the role of IT? What is the role of the function? What is the role of HR, given the impact to people? Are there any legal or security considerations I need to be factoring in? All of those things need to come into your thinking and that layer of the operating model around governance. Last but certainly not the least is the people impact and the change impact of all of this. What kind of talent will I need once I do deploy these technologies from a maintenance standpoint, from a analytics standpoint, from a performance standpoint, and where and how am I going to get that talent? Because my current talent may not be the right talent to effectively utilize these technologies and solutions. One of the things that happens with a lot of companies is as they look at these technologies, they get excited about them, they go all in with the technology itself, but miss some of the other elements of this operating model that I just described. As a result, you may be underwhelmed with what you're seeing or you're not seeing the results that you expected to see because you've not addressed other elements of the operating model that are just as critical as the technology. How are organizations faring there? You indicated they don't have the talent they need. Are they having success or are they comfortable with the path to obtain that talent? And then is that viewed as more an issue of retraining and reskilling talent they have? Or do they view it that this is going to require going outside the organization either to hire new talent or 
perhaps to rely on or rely on more third-party service providers? What's getting the most focus and weight these days? I think it's going to be all of the above. I like to think of this in terms of buy, borrow, build, and save the talent. I think companies are going to have to do all of those things in order to, again, you know, recreate or reorganize their talent to use these technologies most effectively. They're going to have to continue to build some of that talent capability internally. And a lot of what I've seen so far is, especially when it comes to some of the robotic automation and chatbots and deployment of those types of technologies, companies are, while they're using external development capabilities to introduce those technologies and they're scale them, they're looking to build some of that capability within the organization. I'm working with a client that has trained 50 people to configure bots and deploy them. They're looking to train another 100 over the next year or so. At the same time, there are others that recognize they're just not going to be able to build some of that capability themselves. It's not sufficient return on investment for them to do it, and they are partnering with others. And I think that's where your traditional service providers in this space are certainly pivoting and certainly being very effective in providing that excess capacity to the organization in terms of the data analytics skills, in terms of the automation skills that many companies will struggle to build for themselves and frankly may not even need to. The third one, which is probably still a little bit further out, but I'm certainly starting to see that emerge in certain areas is using gig workers and gig platforms to source certain talent types which maybe you need to scale rapidly in certain cases and scale down very rapidly in other cases. What's interesting about that talent pool also is that it's constantly expanding. Today, you may be able to tap into that for, say, uh, certain types of skills, let's say, around marketing content or marketing development, but that talent could expand and is expanding in some cases to include accountants that you can tap into and use those to bring on to your period end close activities at scale where you only need to do that at the end of a quarter or end of a year. Can you tap into that talent to bring it on for a short period of time and then release it again? So I'm certainly starting to see some of that too, although not quite at scale yet, but companies are again experimenting with that and I expect that's going to continue to grow. All right, Anshul, so thanks for your support on the webcast and on this, Anshul. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation. 